as he came within sight, but what I hadn't realised until that moment was that he was carrying it in his left hand. Did that mean that he was left-handed like me? It was something that had caused me no end of trouble at the village school. They'd even called in the local priest to look at me, and he kept shaking his head and telling me I'd have to fight it before it was too late. I didn't know what he meant. None of my brothers were left-handed, and neither was my dad. My mam was cack-handed, though, and it never seemed to bother her much. So when the teacher threatened to beat it out of me and tied the pen to my right hand, she took me away from the school, and from that day on she taught me at home. "'How much to take him on?' my dad asked, interrupting my thoughts. Now we were getting down to the real business. Two guineas for a month's trial. If he's up to it, I'll be back again in the autumn, and you'll owe me another ten. If not, you can have him back, and it'll be just another guinea for my trouble.' Dad nodded again, and the deal was done. We went into the barn, and the guineas were paid, but they didn't shake hands. Nobody wanted to touch a spook. My dad was a brave man just to stand within six feet of one. "'I have some business close by,' said the spook. "'But I'll be back for the lad at first light. Make sure he's ready. I don't like to be kept waiting.' When he'd gone, Dad tapped me on the shoulder. "'It's a new life for you now, son,' he told me. "'Go and get yourself cleaned up.' You finished with farming? When I walked into the kitchen, my brother Jack had his arm around his wife, Ellie, and she was smiling up at him. I like Ellie a lot. She's warm and friendly in a way that makes you feel that she really cares about you. Mam says that marrying Ellie was good for Jack, because she helped to make him less agitated. Jack is the eldest and biggest of us all, and, as Dad sometimes jokes, the best-looking of an ugly bunch. He is big and strong, all right but despite his blue eyes and healthy red cheeks, his black, bushy eyebrows almost meet in the middle, so I've never agreed with that. One thing I've never argued with is that he managed to attract a kind and pretty wife. Ellie has hair the colour of best-quality straw three days after a good harvest, and skin that really glows in candlelight. "'I'm leaving tomorrow morning,' I blurted out. "'The spook's coming for me at first light.' Ellie's face lit up. "'You mean he's agreed to take you on?' I nodded. "'He's given me a month's trial.' "'Oh, well done, Tom. I'm really pleased for you,' she said. "'I don't believe it,' scoffed Jack. "'You, apprentice to a spook. "'How can you do a job like that when you still can't sleep without a candle?' I laughed at his joke, but he had a point. I sometimes saw things in the dark, and a candle was the best way to keep them away so that I could get some sleep. Jack came towards me and with a roar got me in a headlock and began dragging me round the kitchen table. It was his idea of a joke. I put up just enough resistance to humour him, and after a few seconds he let go of me and patted me on the back. "'Well done, Tom,' he said. "'You'll make a fortune doing that job. There's just one problem, though.' "'What's that?' I asked. "'You'll need every penny you earn. Know why?' I shrugged. "'Because the only friends you'll have are the ones you buy.' I tried to smile, but there was a lot of truth in Jack's words. A spook worked and lived alone. "'Oh, Jack, don't be cruel,' Ellie scolded. "'It was only a joke,' Jack replied, as if he couldn't understand why Ellie was making so much fuss. But Ellie was looking up at me rather than Jack, and I saw her face suddenly drop. "'Oh, Tom,' she said, "'this means that you won't be here when the baby's born.' She looked really disappointed, and it made me feel sad that I wouldn't be at home to see my new niece— Mam had said that Ellie's baby was going to be a girl, and she was never wrong about things like that. "'I'll come back and visit just as soon as I can,' I promised. 
Ellie tried to smile, and Jack came up and rested his arm across my shoulders. You'll always have your family, he said. We'll always be here if you need us. An hour later, I sat down to supper, knowing that I'd be gone in the morning. Dad said grace, as he did every evening, and we all muttered, Amen, except Mam. She just stared down at her food as usual, waiting politely until it was over. As the prayer ended, Mam gave me a little smile. It was a warm, special smile, and I don't think anyone else noticed. It made me feel better. The fire was still burning in the grate, filling the kitchen with warmth. At the centre of our large wooden table was a brass candlestick, which had been polished until he could see a face in it. The candle was made of beeswax, and was expensive, but Mam wouldn't allow tallow in the kitchen because of the smell. Dad made most of the decisions on the farm, but in some things she always got her own way. As we tucked into our big plates of steaming hot pot...